Hey folks, welcome to the House of Kraus. I'm Richard Kraus. You know, I haven't been actually in the House of Kraus very much this last couple of weeks because I've been at the Toronto International Film Festival watching movies, interviewing actors and directors and all that kind of thing. But when I was putting this show together, I thought, you know, let's do something a little different. I've been immersed in the world of film for a little while now. Uh, let's talk about TV. Let's talk about TV for a little while. And it just so happened that I bumped into two really interesting people who you'll know from your television screens while I was covering the Toronto International Film Festival. And I thought I'd pull out those interviews or, you know, at least just the bits where we talked about their most famous show. And this was just a complete coincidence. In the same afternoon, I interviewed two of the co-stars of Breaking Bad, one of the greatest television shows ever to hit the airwaves. So I have Dean Norris, he was uh, the DEA agent, Hank Schrader on the show, and then Brian Cranston. Now, Dean Norris, was at the festival to talk about a movie called Remember. And I would love to tell you all about Remember. I would love to tell you all about his character, but I can't. I've seen it, it's a thriller, it's filled with twists and turns, and I am not gonna be the one to spoil any of it for you. Check it out when it comes to theaters because it's really good. Christopher Plummer, in the lead role, I think will get an Academy Award nomination, but you do not wanna miss the extended scene that Dean Norris has with Plummer. The other person, Brian Cranston, he's here in a movie called Trumbo. Trumbo is the story of Dalton Trumbo, a blacklisted writer who fought back, who created kind of a script factory and kept writing, even though he was blacklisted in Hollywood because of his uh, allegiance to the Communist Party. He continued to write scripts, won a couple of Academy Awards while he was writing under other people's names. Uh, but that's not what we talked about. We did talk about that, and you'll hear that another time. We talked a little bit about being Brian Cranston and being so recognizable from his television show. So we'll get to all that in just a little while. I'm also pulling out an interview I did a little while ago with a guy called Sam Hewen. Now Sam Hewen is on a show called Outlander and Outlander is an enormously popular television show. Uh, when I put this interview up on YouTube, it got like 12,000 hits in a day or so. Uh, lots of comments, that kind of thing. I thought I'd throw it out there. It's a good interview. He was an interesting guy and the show continues to pull huge audiences. So we'll start with Sam and we'll get on to Brian and a little bit of Dean just a little bit later on. Were you a fan of the books? Do you feel the need to be slavish to the books or are, are they different things? Is the book and the TV series, they're, you know, same source material, but they are two separate things. They are. Um, I know that, you know, Stars and, and, and Ron wanted to stick closely to the books. However, obviously, you know, books don't always transfer across you know, mm -hmm. directly into episodic TV. But um, some of the storylines obviously altered. We've extended the, the Frank Randall line, and uh, there certainly are more episodes in the second part of the season where there are new characters that you haven't seen in the books. Right. But I think it all adds to Diana's world. And, and it's funny, um, you know, I always go back to the books, always use them as for, for detail and guidance. Um, even though you kind of have to take it on board yourself and make it your own, right. it's, it's funny how close we've managed to sort of stay within within that world. Because the fans, I interviewed a, a, a number of people for the for the, when the show just before it started to air, and we talked about it, and we talked about the fans a great deal. Mm. And the fans of the book are kind of hardcore. They love the book. Yeah. What's their reaction to you? What are the letters that you get? The emails? The, you know, whatever the reaction on Twitter. 
because I read a bunch of it today. Yeah, and and it's the it's it, 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 it fans. I you gotta love them, right? They they yeah. throw themselves out there, and they are raw yeah. nerves, and they put themselves out in the world. What's your reaction to the to the reaction that you get from fans? It's so it's been so positive. It's so you know sort of supportive as right. well. They've been they're very vocal, as you've probably noticed, yeah. and. Uh, you know, I'm sure if we mess this up, you know, there, there was the first people to let us know, and quite vocally too. But, but yeah, no, it's fantastic. I love that support. And you know, there, there were people outside there this morning when we were doing some taping and, and uh, the morning show, and uh, you know, they're freezing cold, but they're all there and supporting and waving, you know, flags and banners. And um, so it it is fantastic. And we are making it. You know, we're making it for them. Um, we're making it for new new fans as well. And. Uh, I'm just pleased that you know we're able to sort of give them what they want, but also yet keep surprising them as well. Can you tell when you're in an airport or you're in a restaurant or something the look in the eye if someone comes towards you? Um, <laughs> it's been because well, it, we've been filming in Scotland. Uh, right. So before we, you know we're kind of in our own bubbles. So um, the show is only just recently aired in, in the UK. So. So there's, there's no recognition there, which is fantastic right. because we can sort of concentrate on the job. And we flew to Comic-Con this last year and uh, this reaction was incredible, you know, doing a big panel. And then I've been in Los Angeles recently and, and people do recognize you. But on the whole, you know, it's very it's very genuine, it's very friendly and they just sort of, sort of sidle up and say, you know, I really enjoy the show, I'm a big fan. And, and they, you know, we'll leave you to do your own thing but it, that, that the whole thing is very new to me and, right. uh, they don't want locks of your hair or anything like that or <laughs> no, 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 no and I haven't received any on the not yet. yet not, not yet. yet yes yeah. well you kind of and this takes us just off topic just a little bit but you did the Batman show for a while yes. which put you kind of in the world of, of yeah. that a little bit yeah yes um, that was I mean a terrific job so different to anything I'd done before yeah. I'd done a lot of theatre and um, sort of period drama in the UK, been a jobbing actor, and then, you know, to be touring the world in this very uh, high energy, you know, um, doing acrobatics, flying across, you know, stadiums and thousands wow. of people, and and every night, you know, sort of fighting off bad guys, and it was very, um, very strange, but uh, such a great job and yeah. so fun, and I think it gave me a lot of confidence, you know, to stand in front of you know, twenty, thirty thousand people and. And you know, have to fight thirty henchmen every night. You sort of think, well, you know, if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong. And so. the reaction when you come out in that suit, you must get a reaction. Yeah, I mean, like, if you can hear it because of the the cow. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it was you know an amazing amazing experience. And yeah, I mean, there were mo- the, the most I always remember is you know the first entrance of Batman, sort of flying you know, two hundred feet across the auditorium, and there's people below, and you're looking down down at them, and you just think, wow, this is this is something else. Yeah. That's very cool. There's no uh, training for that in theater school. Not at all. No, no, they don't teach you that on the first day. But um, you know, we went. You know, we went to you know South America and we did the Staples Center in LA. We did Vegas. Um, we did the whole of Scandinavia and Europe. It was um, it was a real you know a really good adventure. You mentioned earlier you you go to the books for reference material to yeah. sort of have another look mm. but uh, the books tell you more about the character than you need to know at, at this point so far you don't know that your wife is from 200 years in the future and that yeah. kind of thing yeah. so uh, how do you separate what you need to know for the character and what you know, I've talked to a lot of actors who said oh yeah no, I don't read the source material until later yeah it's actually the things that have been interesting are <clears throat> Just small details that, that that maybe you know that he does that you know without sort of 
you know, almost being a, a puppet or something and doing the way he does it. But just sort of finding if there are moments that I can do that. The way he smiles, the way he, the way he sleeps, whatever. You know, the way he walks or something, or, or a, you know, a tick that he's got. And that she does put those details in. And, and if I can, I try to find a moment. But it's, it's always, it has to be more organic than just going, this is the moment when I right. do that. It has to be... Yeah. But I think it is also when, when you come to understand a character, as a viewer anyway, when I come to understand a viewer, a, a, a character, it's generally speaking uh, stuff that is nonverbal, that makes me understand what's going on. I love moments in, in movies or on television Sounds, shows yeah. where they're not saying, this is how I feel right now. They show you. It's all about showing me, not telling me, and the little yeah. ticks and the little whatever yeah. are the things that, that, that make a character a character. Absolutely, I agree, and I think you know television is very guilty of like telling you mm-hmm. exactly what's just you've just seen happen, yeah. or telling you what the characters are thinking. And you know, silence is great, and to communicate through silence. And I think that's where, you know, hopefully you've got that sort of relationship with you know, the other actors, or that these relationships are all happening. So whatever they're saying, it's like Chekhov or something, isn't it? Right, yeah. like, they're all speaking, but they're not saying. There's something else going on beneath yeah, that there's text. A subtext to it, there's a yeah. subtext, and I think. You know that's that's what we would like to do with the show. You know, there's a lot of politics played out between the brothers, but Jamie. There's history. That's what's great about having the source materials is that there's a lot of history, the stuff that's happened before we meet these characters, and uh, that's that's all there, and will come to play you know, at various points. Dean Norris has one of those faces that just kind of looks familiar. You think that you just saw him at the grocery store, at the gas station, in the bar sitting across from you last Friday night? Well, actually, you saw him in things like Lethal Weapon 2, Total Recall, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Starship Troopers, Little Miss Sunshine, it goes on and on and on. It wasn't until he created the character of Hank Schrader, the brother-in-law of the main character, Walter White, on Breaking Bad. Uh, He's also not just the brother-in-law, he's a DEA agent, but he still considers Walter White his brother. Uh, I had a blast talking to this guy. We talked about his new film, Remember. We're going to get to that when Remember hits theaters. Right now, I just wanted to spend a little time talking about one of the most loved shows of recent television history. Here's Dean Norris on Breaking Bad. Have you seen Brian Cranston walking around the halls I here? I couldn't believe it. I, I, I got here and I saw a trombone. I said, oh, son of a bitch, is Brian here? So I, I said, uh, he was doing a TV. I said, hey, just tell them they got an, one more interview to go. Yeah. You know, one more. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I went in and I said, hey, what's it like to work with Dean Norris? And so he's great. And uh, he is so, I love him, man. He's so much fun. Yeah, there's a certain kind of Christopher Plummer presence about him. I kind of He was that. very... Um, you know, on our show, he was very much the dad of the show. You know, he had not only the dad in the show, but he was kind of, because he was he had that presence uh, both, you know, in within the show and, and as a representative of the show. And, you know, that show meant so much to all of us, including yeah. him. And uh, so anytime I see him, it's always just a... Were you living in Albuquerque? Did you, like... I lived there the first season right. because my uh, I had a, a kids and, and my... Uh, they weren't in school yet, but then after after that, for the five seasons after, I, I just commuted back and forth. Yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, yeah, that's it. Just that show is such a, a a landmark. Yeah, and it must have changed everything for you. It did change yeah. everything for anybody who touched that show. Yeah, you know, the directors of that show had their careers changed. You know, yeah. but you know, the, it didn't happen till the end of the show. Well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
For four years, okay. we were like, yeah, it's on like channel, what, what's that channel, you know that show that Madman's on, that channel? It's on <laughs> yeah. that channel. And no one watched it, no one, I mean, people in the business always yeah. loved it, like the producers, directors, those types. But it wasn't until that fourth season, and then really between the fifth and the sixth, right. uh, everyone, you know, we had a 50%, 100%, 300%, people watched it on Netflix, yeah. started binge watching, which started the whole concept of binge watching, yep. and uh, then everyone tuned in for the, for the last, uh, last episodes, and it became what it became. Well, and did you have any sense of it, though, <laughs> or is it like being in a, in a submarine? You know, like you're just, yeah. you're, you're there, you're in kind of a remote-ish kind of place. You're not, right, if, if you're shooting in L.A., it'd be a different right. thing, right? Yeah, we, no, we, we had a sense that it was great. We kind of felt that we weren't being fully appreciated, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> um, we would, I remember watching the pilot, uh, we all got together at Sony, because you see it on the paper, yeah. and you go, wow, this is the best script I've ever read, yeah. pilot. And we all thought that, you know? But sometimes that, that happens and doesn't get on the screen. So then we saw the pilot and said, wow, that's like the best, that's like a great independent movie. No one's gonna, you know, it's too good for TV. Yeah, yeah. This was still, you know, you figure this is 20, whatever, 207, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was still, you know, it's like, what we weren't sure that would stay on the air, yeah. you know, and if it weren't for AMC, it probably wouldn't have, yeah. you know, and they had nothing else, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um, and so it was like, oh, we couldn't get too excited because like, and also we thought, how are they ever going to write a second season? Yeah. Literally, it like when you look back now, yeah. it makes sense, but when we were actually in it, you're like, wow. We're, we're fucked because yeah. we're not going to be able to come up with a second season. And also, the second season was better. Yeah. And you're like, oh, now we're really fucked. They're never going to come up with a third <laughs> season. And the third season was better. You know? And then at some point, you said, all right, they probably, you it's know, just we're, 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 yeah, we're, we're going to, you know. Uh, and they just kept doing it. And um, so, but but at the time, yeah, you did feel like you, you know, we were like, God, you know, everyone was talking about Mad Men at the time yeah. and people were talking. And, and, and it was like, it wasn't until that final final year and a half that, that really it kind of broke through and uh, way more people then saw it on Netflix than yeah. they'd ever seen it on AMC and uh, then that final season kind of kind of changed, uh, changed things. I sat down to talk to Brian Cranston about the movie Trumbo. In it, he plays Dalton Trumbo, at one time one of the highest paid screenwriters in Hollywood, which meant, dot over dot dot, that he was one of the highest paid writers in the world. But then the blacklist came along. He was a member of the Communist Party, and he entered a decade or so of obscurity, having to write scripts under different names and that kind of thing. You'll hear that interview another time. Near the end of it, though, I mentioned that I'd just been at a fan convention and had seen some dolls, Walter White dolls. And I asked him how he felt about it. Now, this is a role that made him famous, even though he'd been on the uh, comedy series Malcolm in the Middle, he had appeared on Seinfeld, loads of other things. But Breaking Bad was a different beast. Playing Walter White won him four Emmys for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series. Uh, it made him famous and it made him rich. So we had to talk about it just a little bit. I was at a fan expo working the other day and uh, there were effigies of you everywhere. In the world, little burning effigies. No, no, they were not on fire. They were for sale for fans. How strange is it? Is it strange? Sure, sure it's very strange. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, it's odd. I, I like to go up to people I see on the street wearing uh, Heisenberg shirts and things like that, and I go, "Nice T-shirt," and I whisper it to them, and they look at me, and their eyes go wide, and I just put my finger to my lips, like, "Don't tell anybody," and I walk away, and I and I know that they're gonna say. Oh, he just came out and they go, oh, bull, he didn't come up. You know, oh, you liar. 
you know, just kind of fun. I got that idea from uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray told me, he said he goes into a restaurant and he'll walk by a table and he'll see French fries or potato skins or something. And he'll just go in and reach and take some. And they, they're all mouth agape looking at him like, and he goes, no one will believe you. <laughs> and he just walks away. That's awesome. It's fun. Yeah. Well, that's it. I'm snapping the TV off. It's time for you kids to do your homework or I don't know, whatever it is that you do when the TV's not on. Thanks for stopping by the House of Krauss. Thanks to Sam Hewen, Dean Norris, to Brian Cranston, to Walter White, to Hank Schrader, to everybody uh, who came by. But most of all, thanks to you for listening. Be sure to tune in next Monday for a new episode of the House of Krauss because you really never know who's going to stop by for a visit. <laughs>